So two weeks ago, I'm, I'm continuing off of this, this um, series. David is the shepherd boy, overcomes a lion, the bear, then he takes on the giant. That's all far back. But then he's now in this place where he's fighting against the Philistines. He fights against the Amalekites and he fights again against the Philistines. And he's about to go home to find some rest. And he comes to the city of Ziklag. And we realize that everything is burnt down to the ground. His children had been kidnapped. Everyone's wives have been kidnapped. All the warriors that are with David are now stressed out. The Bible says David is greatly distressed. David hits his knees and he's crying out to God. And the men who were once supporting David are now wanting to kill David. And they're speaking of stoning him. We realize that David not only inquires of the Lord, but the Bible says that he strengthens himself in the Lord, his God. And we got really excited about that because how many trials have we probably been through when we realize and we recognize that my strength doesn't come by my understanding of who I am, but who I am in Christ Jesus, right? Uh, because my authority and my strength is nothing without what Christ has accomplished, right? And by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So we, we talked about how David strengthened himself in the Lord and, and he, he got back up and, and all of a sudden he went from being weak and greatly distressed to being confident and strong. And he tells his men, hey, listen, the Amalekites have your children. They have my children. They have your wives. They have mine. And now we're about to cross over and we're, we're going to fight. But the Bible says that 600 men approach this brook. And as they're about to cross over the brook and fight the Amalekite army, there's 200 men who are so exhausted, so tired, that they do not want to cross over. And I, I, I began to think about this, this portion of scripture. And as we began to talk about it two weeks ago, I, I think like, man, what would be the reason why I wouldn't be able to fight? What would be your reason of why you feel like throwing in the towel or giving up? Maybe you're just now coming to the waters in your life. Maybe you've been going through some serious battles and it's been one battle after another and you, you've come to the brook and you're wondering if it's even worth your energy or your time to cross over. I want to let you know that the fight is in you. The fight is in you. There's a God dwelling on the inside of you. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it is Christ dwelling on the inside. There's a fight in me. See, the fight in David kind of changed up because we know, we recognize David and, and, and see, David was the, the shepherd boy back in the day and, and see, it took the shepherd boy to fight the lion. It took the shepherd boy to fight the bear. But while all the men were before Goliath, they shrunk down to boys. And the shepherd boy said, I'm going to be a man of God in this moment. And he said, you know what? It might have took the shepherd boy to take out the lion and the bear, but it's going to take a man to take out the giant. But it's going to take a warrior to fight against the Amalekites. 
There was growth happening in David. And, and, and I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It, I believe there's, there's levels of growth in our lives. I believe that, that we go from glory to glory, from victory to victory, but, but there's growth in us. Some of you guys have overcome some battles, but you recognize that maybe some of the battles you've recently overcome, you probably wouldn't have been able to handle five years ago. So some of the battles you've overcome in this last year or 2020, you, you might not even have been able to face in, in 2015. God is growing you. He's stretching you. He, he's dwelling on the inside of you and he's calling you into greater capacity. There's greater things yet to come. Trials will build up. The enemy will build up and he'll come against you. But you have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. God trusted David with, with the lion in private. God trusted David with, with the bear in private. And he gave him the giant in public. There's, there's certain things that God will use behind the scenes in your life before he gives you the exposure. There, there's certain battles that you might have to fight while nobody else is knowing what you're going through with your health. There might be some battles that, that you have to fight and you feel like you're alone. Nobody else knows what's going on in your mind. There, there might be some battles that you're fighting alone. Nobody knows what's going on with your marriage. Nobody knows what's going on with your relationship with your children, with, with your relationship with others, friendships outside of the church or even in the church. Nobody knows what your community life is like. Nobody knows what you're struggling with when you're alone. Maybe you've had to fight the lion and the bear. Maybe you've been exposed to the public before the giant. But the greater battle might be in front of you right now when you cross the brook. The title of today's sermon is The Other Side. I believe on the other side is your breakthrough. On the other side is your promise. On the other side is your destiny. On the other side of that brook is your children. On the other side of that brook is your marriage. On the other side of that brook is increase, healing, restoration. On the other side of that brook might be the change that you've been praying for, for your family, for those relationships, the restoration of health on the other side of that brook. But how will you know if you're not willing to fight? Because that's what the world tells us. We're, we're not truly going to see the, the restoration or the peace or the breakthrough that we've been praying for if we're not willing to, to fight. But there's something that's exposed to this portion of Scripture that, that, that it kind of bothers me. You know, the performance side of me that says, do, 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 and God says, done, done, done. It's hard. Because I feel like everybody needs to fight. I'm not letting you stay back at the brook. We need to cross over. On the other side is our children and wives. Are you kidding me? You're going to say your leg hurts too bad? First mm. Samuel chapter 30, verse 21. Now, David came 
Oh, no, no I'm sorry. I'm, I'm way ahead of myself. Take that scripture off the screen if it's there. <laughs> First Samuel chapter 30, verse 9. So David went, he and his 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued. So David took his 600 men, and they're about to go to battle. But the Bible says that 200 of them are too weary, they're too tired, they're too exhausted. For 200 stayed behind who were too weary, so weary, that they could not cross the brook. But if we rewind, it says, David pursued. Will you be the one to pursue even when others are staying behind? I believe that there's places that God is calling you to that not everybody can go. There's things that God is calling you into that not everybody is ready for. I believe there's, maybe you've been ordained and anointed for certain things in your life that maybe they might not feel like they're ordained or anointed for. See, there was an anointing over David to become king while he was a shepherd boy. Nothing changed, but he still took the giant out. Nothing had, he wasn't, he wasn't king yet. The crown wasn't on his head, but the crown was already put on his heart. See, when God's already anointed you, and called you and ordained you for the battle and he's already given you a promise that you shall recover all then the problem might look big but the promise is always bigger so David had already hit his knees he had already cried out to God the men talked about stoning David David got, gets up and he says you know what I'm strengthening the Lord and the Lord is saying we're going to fight against the Amalekites and our children that were kidnapped, our wives that were kidnapped, God says that we are going to recover all. And God says, without a doubt, you shall recover all. So God gave a promise, but in front of these men was a big problem. But if you could look at your problem and say, God has given me a promise, then I'm going to look at the situation in front of me with different lenses. Because I'm not going to operate based upon what I'm seeing. I'm operating based upon what God has told me. If, let me explain, because I feel like you guys are just staring at me. There is a promise that has been given by God and if you can declare that promise over your life, then you won't be stressed out and worried about the problem. Because there's a praise that's been produced based upon the problem that's in front of me because of the promise that's already in me. See, there's a problem in front of me, but there's a promise on the inside. There might be problems around me, but there's a promise on the inside of me. And if I could realize that regardless of the problem on the outside, that my promise is greater than my problem, then I'll walk with a different... See, they were positioned with authority to cross over. And you look and you think, man... You know, I'm too tired. I'm too exhausted. I, I don't know if what's on the other side is worth my fight. But let me just tell you something. If you got children, they better be worth your fight. 
If you're married in this house, your spouse better be worth that fight. If you're in any type of friendship, relationship, type of connection, there got to be something or somebody worth the battle. And if, and if it ain't them, just remember their possessions were stolen too, so they're probably thinking my Nikes are on the other side. My gold chain, <laughs> two chains. Everything that I've worked so hard for has now been stripped away from my life. And I recognize that this is my opportunity to cross over and recover everything that was stolen from me. See, the devil might think that he has you where he wants you. I think about Jesus on the cross. You know, the devil was probably like, yeah, Jesus is dying. And Jesus is like, I'll be back, right? It's one of those deals where, where the enemy might think that he has you right where he wants you and you feel like the referee of death is just knocking at your door, counting you out. One, two, and you just think like, man, how can I get through? How can I continue? Well, I, I don't have the strength to cross over. And God says, let, let, let me be your strength. So there's a pursuit that happens. But almost half of his men start to say, man, we're, we're, we're too tired. We're, we're, we're too fatigued. We, we don't have any strength to fight. And not everybody can go with you. And you have to be okay with that. Maybe they might not be where you're at in your, in your, in, in your, in your, your mindset or your spiritual walk. Some of you think, oh, I'm so spiritual. Maybe they might not be where you're at in your maturity, maturity or your understanding of who God is in your life. Maybe the battles they faced are, are, are too much. The past battles they faced are too much for them to comprehend that they can make it past another battle. And they can't make it over to the other side, but I want to let you know that God's calling you to cross over. David went from 600 men to 400 tired men. You might have less help than what you had before, but I believe that God will use what you have and his promises stay true. Somebody say, I'm going forward. There's no going back. There's no going back. There's too much on the line. God will use what you got. Take what's left. God, you know what? Use my family. Use my heart. Use my mind. Use everything that I'm willing to release in this moment. God, I'm surrendering it all to you. See, when these men crossed over the brook, there was 200 men that, that, that stayed behind. But, but, but I think about crossing over water. Sometimes you could get lost in your journey. And I go back to this moment for me when I first married Amanda. Our families are very different. <laughs> very different. See, I, I said this, I'm a Ken guy. I can, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Mexican, I'm African, I'm American. You know what I'm saying? I can. There ain't no can't in me. But Amanda's family, they're a little different. They love the beach. I hated the beach when I first met them. Now I love the beach too. But I used to go to the beach wearing my basketball shorts and my, my high socks with like, um, like uh, what are those, like slides, you know? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like gangster chanclas. <laughs> and Amanda's family said, hey, Will, you're not supposed to wear those like, you know, those night slippers into the, into the sand or socks. 
just, just doesn't make sense. We're going to go buy you some rainbows, right? Some flip-flops. And uh, I remember we were at the beach house, and uh, Amanda's brothers, they said, hey, Will, come on. We're, we got on the bikes, and they're like, we're, we're riding around, and we have our swim trunks on and stuff, but then they come up with this great idea, like, let's go into the water. And I'm like, listen, I can, but I won't. You know, I'm a can guy, but I won't do this. And um, they're like, come on, let's go, let's go, man. We're at the beach, let's go into the water. I'm like, eh, I don't like, I don't like doing that. Like, I just don't like the feeling of like the little baby crabs, like touching your feet and stuff. Like, you just never know what's in the sand. And I just get freaked out. So I remember like, I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I, I, I get my wallet and I have my phone, our shirts, and we, we put them in the bag and we put the bikes down right next to this lifeguard post. And as we put them down, I, I, I'm just thinking like, man, all my valuables are in there and, you know, I just, I don't want to leave them there, but, but we have to. We're going into the water. So we're like, all right, let, let, let's go. So we all go into the water, and, and now I'm freaking out because, you know, my, my feet are touching the, 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 the sand. I'm just, I just jump right in and start doing a little, like, doggy paddle. I got to get into the water. I don't like touching the, the sand. It just doesn't feel right. I don't know. Maybe I'm afraid of stingrays or something. I don't know. But we're in the water, you know. It's probably been like 20, 30 minutes. Marco Polo. Marco, Paul, you know, we're swimming and going under the little waves that are hitting us and getting hit by waves. And we're going to, I don't know, it's probably been 40 minutes or so. And now I'm exhausted. I'm fatigued. I'm tired. My brother-in-law says, Will. I was like, what? Our stuff is gone. Somebody took it. And oh, the East LA just came out of me. I didn't care what was touching my feet at that time. I'm like, somebody's chin's about to touch my feet right now. <laughs> right? So I get out and pumped up. I'm like, man, where, where's our stuff at? So I go to the lifeguard and I'm like, hey, did you see our stuff down here, man? It was right here. He's like, hey, man, I'm trying to save lives. I ain't worried about your stuff. Forget you, right? So now we're just walking the beach, you know, strengthen myself in the Lord. And I'm walking around, I'm looking, we're just, we're just like trying to go on the trail now to see if anybody's riding our bikes with our backpacks and phones. And like, it's like, listen, you took the bike. All right. You took my wallet. Ugh. But you got my cell phone. That has my Instagram, my Facebook. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna go to battle now. All my pictures. My brother-in-law says, Will, with that same type of voice. I said, what's up? I see our stuff down there. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, that's our bike. And I'm like, oh, heck no. Somebody's about to get beat down. This is, it's done. You know, I love Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But they better love Jesus more than I do. Because this is about to get crazy. So now I'm, I'm going to where the stuff is at. And I'm just like, I'm mad. I'm like, who trying to take our stuff? And we get to the, this place and the bike is laid down perfectly. The other bike is laid there. And our, my bag is right there. And we open it and everything's in there. And we look at this lifeguard post. We're like, what? The? Why would they take our stuff and just place it just like how we left it? What we didn't recognize is as we were in the water, 
there was a current that was pulling us and taking us down the beach and we got lost and we didn't even know that our stuff stayed where it was at but it was just our position that changed and see I want to let you know that the enemy is trying to get you off of focus and he's trying to say you know what God might have placed you here but I have a plan for you the devil always has a plan he'll always present a problem but God's plan and God's promise is greater don't lose focus on what God has promised you here's what begins to happen David and his men cross over this brook and they get over to the other side and the Bible says that the Amalekites are celebrating and they're drinking and they're dancing they're spread out all over the land in verse 16 eating and drinking and dancing because all of the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistine and from the land of Judah then David attacked them from twilight until evening of the next day not a man of them escaped except 400 men who had rode on camels and fled so David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken away I'm telling you right now if you I, I don't know about you but I'm thinking about David and I'm thinking okay David had it in him to fight against the lion and the bear but that was to protect the sheep David had it in him to fight against the giant but that was to protect his brothers but now the fight is a little bit different in this situation you want to take my kids you want to come at my marriage? Oh, it's finna go down. There's a different battle. There's a different fight that comes out of you when you recognize what you're fighting for. See, this is not just about some animals, some sheep anymore. This is not just about my brothers who hate me, by the way. No, no, no. This is about my children who I love. You know what I'm saying? This is about my marriage. This is about my future. This is about my destiny. This is about everything that God has promised unto me. So my fight is going to be a little bit different than what it was before. How is your fight? Where is your strength? Where is your mindset? Where is your heart? Are you recognizing that God's promise is greater than any problem? What is on the other side? I'll tell you what's on the other side. There's victory. The Bible says that David recovered how much? Wow. You know, it trips me out right here. This is a little bit funny, though. It says that David rescued his two wives. It's like, David, man, one wasn't enough. Unless she didn't give you enough problems. My goodness. I love you, baby, but <laughs> two, no thanks. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great. I love the ending. David recovered how much? All. All of it. Todos. Everything. David recovered all. See, I want to speak to you right now. See, everything you once lost... Everything that had been stripped away from you or taken, God is bringing it back. Your peace is coming back. 
Your health is coming back. Your hope is coming back. A new mind is coming back. A refreshed heart is coming back. A restored family is coming back. A marriage that was once in love, oh, it's coming back. Come on now. Everything that was stripped away, everything that was stolen by the devil, I believe what God does is he steps into the picture and he says, you know, I've given you a promise. And everything is being restored onto you. I wrote a book. I totally forgot to bring them up. But in this book, I brought a few of them. I want to give them away at the end. But in this book, I talk about this next portion that happens right here. And I'm going to probably take like five to seven minutes on this portion. But after David overtakes the Amalekites, and what tripped me out is the Bible says that there's 400 of them that that escaped. I, I, I was trying to, you know, make this make sense because only 400 men went in and then 400 of their men disappeared, but they were fighting for like 16, 17 hours. I don't know. And David went in there like, ah, this ain't no sheep battle. <laughs> this ain't no brother battle. <laughs> you got my kids where they act, right? And he's taking them all out. But 400 of their men escape. I'm wondering if God worked out one of those deals again. He's like, hey, listen, I've given a promise. I don't care if it's 400 against 2,000. Victory is going to happen. Maybe you feel outnumbered. Maybe you feel overlooked. Maybe you feel like you've been doing all that you can and you're still not being appreciated. Maybe you feel like you've poured out your life and the people you've given your life for can care less about what you're going through or what you're facing. I want to let you know that God cares. And not only does he care, but he's going to take care of you. And he's going to take you into greater heights, greater places. And he's opening up greater doors. He's going to widen your, your influence. And he's going to give you an opportunity not only to make a difference, but to recover everything that was stolen in the past. So you know what else happens in this portion of scripture? When those men flee, guess what? David and his men went from living in Ziklag tents to now living in the Amalekite kingdom. Not only did they recover their wives and children and all their possessions, but they got a whole new land. God is going to give you above and beyond more than you can hope for, more than what you can dream of. I believe he's a God of full restoration. And some of you might be speaking with a little bit of doubt. I don't know, Will, man. I've seen some negative things happen. People have died. People have been praying prayers, wanting to be healed. And people, things have happened. I, I, I don't know that God's going to... Man, if you think that what you have here on earth is blessed, wait till you get to heaven. But I don't want to talk about when we get to heaven. I want to talk about bringing heaven to earth. Right? See, there's a life that God's calling you to live in abundance right now. A life of freedom, a life of restoration, a life of peace, a life of empowerment and strength. A life that is blessed that I'm an overcomer. I'm not, I'm not beneath, but I'm above, right? Start living that life of understanding. But here's what happens in this portion of scripture. After they invade and overcome and overtake everything. First Samuel chapter 30 verse 21, it says, Now David came to the 200 men. Who had been left behind who stayed back at the brook 
And if you're one of those 200 men, you're probably seeing David and the men and all the wives and children. You're probably thinking, oh, man, this is the end. David hates us. These men hate me. It's over. I can't believe this is happening. Oh, dang. No. They won. Oh, we lost, right? And they're like, man, we should have went. Should have, could have, whatever. And I'm that type of person that says, you know, you better work for it. You better do all you can. The men are mad who are with David. They're upset because they're saying, who are these 200 men? They're still here. Why are they still here? They should have went back. They should have, they should have wandered off and took off. They don't, they don't deserve anything. So they went out to meet David and meet the people who were with him. And when David came near to the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men, oh man, see, God's, God's seeing their heart in this situation. Then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David and fought and gave their lives and surrendered everything and, and fought the battle. They answered and said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil. But you know what? We'll, we'll let them leave with, with, with their wife and their children and let them depart. But David has, he has a heart after God. And he carries something on the inside of him that, that maybe a lot of us need to start practicing and unfolding in our lives because David said, my, my brothers, you should not do so with what the Lord has given us. He understands that every possession, everything that he has is not because of him. He recognizes that everything he has only comes from God. And he says, listen, we won't do that with what the Lord has given us, who, who has preserved us. God, God preserved us and has delivered us into the, into our hand, the troop that came against us. God gave us the people who were wanting to kill us. For who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays with the supplies. They shall share alike. Everything that you deserve for fighting, they deserve for staying. You might have risked your life, but they inherit the life's that were lost. They get the eternal life. It just reminds me of Jesus and how Jesus came and he said, you know what? I'm going to live the perfect and holy life. While you're living a destructive, sinful life, I'm going to live the perfect and holy life. Uh, I'm going to be punished while you're living a life of freedom. I'm going to take the sinner's death while, while you're still alive. But I'm going to raise back to fullness of life, resurrection, so that you could have eternal life forever. Everything that Jesus did, we now inherit and, and, and is as if we did it. Jesus lived the perfect and holy life, but it's as if I lived the perfect and holy life. Jesus died the sinner's death, but it's as, it's as if I died the sinner's death. Jesus rose again and it's as if I died and rose again. And now he's seated in heavenly places. And isn't it crazy that 
we shall be seated also. Why is it that I lived a life that was so dirty and displeasing, so, so raunchy and ratchet? But yet, I'm getting grace and restoration. I didn't cross the brook. I didn't fight the battle. I didn't pick up the sword. I quit and I stayed at the brook. David, why are you giving me everything that I didn't even fight for? Because God gave it all for us. That's something to worship about. That's something to praise about. That even while I was still in sin, Christ died for me. That even while I was broken down in my mess, God had a plan for me. And maybe you say, man, you don't know about my last month. You, you don't know about my last week. You don't know about my last 24 hours. I don't deserve God's grace. And God says, I know about your last month. God says, I know about your last week. God says, I know about your last 24 hours. And I still paid the price. Hmm. Woo. He paid a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. And in the moments when you feel like you can't cross over, in the moments when you feel like you can't continue, just know that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, who's going to get you through and you will overcome and you shall recover all. Somebody give the Lord some praise today. He's faithful. He's faithful. Listen, I'm going to invite the prayer team up right now. If you need prayer in this house, you say, you know, I've been going through a crazy year, a crazy month, crazy week, crazy days. There's a lot of insecurities, a lot of issues taking place, health problems, mental problems, situations around me that are just so difficult. I, I don't even know what to do. I want to let you know that God is for you. And if you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. We want to, we want to speak life and speak hope into you. Maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible says to believe and you shall have everlasting life. Today, that's you. You need some prayer. You, you just need a, an encouragement. You need a word. You need to cross over. I invite you to cross over to come and get prayer. But I also want to just speak into your week, speak into your life and into your heart. And I say, Lord, speak to them. Lord, speak to us. Direct us. Show us. Lead us in the ways that we should go. Let us not get distracted and allow the current of the world to pull us in different ways to where we lose focus on who we are and the possessions and the things that you've blessed us with. Lord, let us, 
let us not lose focus on what you've promised. Let not the problems become bigger than your promise. But Lord, let us see your promise as greater than any problem. We give you glory. We thank you, Jesus, for restoring everything unto us. And Lord, we just give you glory. We give you praise. We say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord some praise today.